Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode on Here Comes the Sun podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me. I have Yasmin Rivera, who graduated with her bachelor's in science and in finance from Arizona State University in May 2020. She's a first-gen Latina, and she constantly felt out of place in her classes and experienced imposter syndrome. So welcome to the show, Jasmine. Hi, Marisol. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell, tell us about, you know, where you're from. You know, I know that you're currently in, in Arizona, but tell us like a little bit about your upbring, upbringing, where you were born and stuff like that, how you were raised. Yeah, absolutely. So I am originally from um, Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is an inner city. It's kind of an hour, I think, out of New York City. But yeah, I was raised by a single mom. So, you know, having a strong female figure who is really resilient was just always embedded in me. So I'm really fortunate for that. But yeah, growing up in an inner city, college was never really a focus, you know, for a lot of my peers and not even really a conversation with my family. So it was hard how to navigate to go to college, applying for financial aid. How do you even pay for college as a first gen? Um, But that's how I ended up deciding to move to Arizona to go to ASU. So it was really tough being away from my family. Like a lot of Latinas experience are really close with their family. But I ended up going to ASU, studying finance. And I remember, you know, looking at the other side of my classes, looking around and saying, oh, my God, there's, you know, only one or two other Latinos in here or sometimes none at all. So it was hard to kind of overcome that and and overcome the feeling of, oh, my God, do I belong here? You know, should I be here? Should I change my major? Should I drop out of college? Can I even handle this? So, you know, just going through the motions of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes being the only one in certain rooms can feel super overwhelming. And it's like you start to question yourself, like, do I even belong here? And that's and that's kind of the the imposter syndrome. But for you, um, when you were in high school, how was there any resources or anything allocated, you know, in in your in your city for you to be able to, you know, make that that transition i know that it's like what like three thousand miles away from home and like how did you deal with with like even i guess coming to school like did you dorm at arizona state or like how did you figure that out because that can be super challenging trying to figure everything on your own yeah to be completely transparent i had no idea what i was doing like even filling out a fast i felt so overwhelmed i was like i don't know if i can do this um So I was really lucky. I did a lot of research and there was this nonprofit in my inner city. It's called the Village Initiative Project. And they focused on kind of helping people in an inner city see what college is like. So they took us on a college tour to D.C. So we went to Howard and a couple of the universities there. um, And we were able to talk to some first gens and they were able to tell us about their experience of like, yes, you know, you are navigating this for the first time. And it's going to be tough, but you can do it. And there are people that are there for you. So that was kind of a wake up call of, okay, these people have done it. I can do it. Um, So I ended up, you know, just going down the internet rabbit hole of like, okay, what am I doing? How can I pay for this? I got, um, I think it was the New American University Scholarship. I got a couple of other scholarships um, to go to college, but I still had to face a lot of the cost. So I ended up working sometimes like two jobs and then I did stuff on the side 
Um, I think a lot of first gens kind of deal with that. Okay, like I have to pay for everything. But to me, it was worth it. I really wanted to just be independent. I really wanted to go out and do it. Um, so I, you are required to live in a dorm room your first year at ASU. So I lived in a dorm room um, and that was expensive. I think it was nine grand a semester or something like that. Um, and then my second year, I got an apartment and ended up working. I think I had my classes all Tuesday, Thursday. So I worked all day, Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. And then some morning shifts like Saturday, Sundays, picked up whatever I could between jobs um, and then did homework at nighttime. So I was constantly up late, constantly waking up early. Um, so it's very difficult if you don't know where to go, but there are resources, there are nonprofits that are willing to help you. Yeah. And and it's that's so true. I can I can agree with you. You know, balancing everything. Like when I was in college, I also was like a full time server. So like, um, like on the weekends, I would try to work in the morning so that I could have my afternoons, you know, free. But sometimes that was just undoable. Like I had to work my my afternoons, and and just like you, like I would set all my classes like on either like Mondays or Wednesdays. And then, like, I would be there the whole day in campus. Mm -hmm. Like, when I would get home, I was like, like, I'm done. I'm done. I don't have no more energy. Like, I'm just going to shower and go to sleep because that was, like, you know, like, you were just focused and trying to get everything done. So I can totally, totally agree. So tell us a little bit about um, choosing your major. Like, what really, you know, was there something, like, you know, growing up that really inspired you to choose your major? Yeah, actually, I went to college as a poli-sci major, um, and I really wanted to go to law school. I wanted to, you know, go through the pre-law program, but I ended up doing the math of like, okay, how much money do I need to spend to go to law school and invest, and then how much money will I make <laughs> going into what I want to do? And I was like, I don't know if that's worth it for me, um, just because I'm going to be taking on student loans for this. So I was like, hmm, if I can figure out this math, maybe I should, you know, figure out if I can do finance because I've always been naturally good at numbers and businesses and figuring that out. I think a lot of people in the Latinx community are naturally entrepreneurs um, because you've had people in your church kind of sell food around the holidays. You picked up, you know, your friends were selling clothes in school. People do hair on the side. So that kind of entrepreneurial spirit is in us a lot of the time. Um, so I was like, I really want to go into business. Where do I fit in here? Um, so finance was just kind of that niche where like, okay, I can do math. I'm really good, you know, at the data side. This is where I belong. Yeah, that's so true. So I also, I'm a, I graduated with my poli-sci degree, my bachelor's, but I, I enter um, Cal Poly Pomona with engineering, but I was like, nope, like, <laughs> like the first thing I was like, nope, this is not for me. Like I rally, like right away knew, but that was given that um, I was kind of in high school, I was in, in engineering school. So like, that was like, oh, like, you know, you should do this, you know, like, but, but I was like, no, I'm not like, that's not my, 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 like, that's not where my passion is. Like, I've always, like, between everything I've done, like, you know, in high school, and like, in my community was like, always like civic engagement being, you know, being very involved. So I was like, no, I really want to, to do this. So so for you, like, how did you, like, was there any of your favorite classes um, during your major that you really enjoy? Or was there, was there, did you have an extra, like, opportunity where you were like, oh, this is where I can, you know, start developing and start really figuring out, like, what I want to do after I graduate college? 
Yeah. So I was actually just completely lost. Um, <laughs> like most people. Very normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was really lost. I really, I was getting a finance degree, but I really didn't know what that meant. Um, I remember being in class and I was like, oh, I want to be a financial advisor. And my teacher was like, okay, do you know what that means? And I was like, not really. I just saw a poster um, and an internship application for that. And so she kind of walked me through like, hey, these are the different areas of finance very vaguely. Um, so I decided I really wanted to go out and get an internship that had a rotational program in corporate finance because I think or I thought that's where I mostly fit into um, because I really liked working on computers and getting data and pulling that stuff through. Um, so I also, to get my internship, I stumbled upon this group. It's called Alpha, the Association of Latino Professionals for America. And they helped me get my internship by providing me with like interview prep, resume prep. Um, they built me a network to go talk to companies. Um, and they gave me the practice of, you know, pitching yourself, you know, interviewing, all that good stuff. So that's kind of how I came along and found the internship. And then, um, you know, just being completely honest, I still didn't know, you know, first day of my internship, I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be doing this corporate financing. What does this mean? So I would go home and, you know, use as many free resources as I could. So I did LinkedIn learning classes. I did, you know, went down the YouTube rabbit holes of what can I learn and expand my knowledge on. Yeah, I think that is super helpful when you have, I guess, um, a, a, like a group of people that are supporting you, that are that are guiding you because it's it's really hard. It's really hard to even know like what am I supposed to do? Like like you've never experienced this. Like nobody in your family can tell you like oh this is what you should be expecting. Like you know you should maybe even be wearing this in your first day of your internship. But like you don't have that guidance and and for you like you know you were away from home that which was even harder. You know being able to to communicate that. But um. For you, how how did Alpha really like help you build your professional development? Were they always there for you? Like what what like what year in college did you meet them, and how did that help you pivot as as you know you finish and you graduated um, college? Yeah, so I remember I was actually walking home out of class, um, and I remember hearing like reggaeton music and someone came out the class and was just trying to get people in the hallways into the classroom. I was like, Hey, and so he stopped me and he said, Hey, you know, we're alpha. Why don't you come join us? We have some free food, you know, the typical like student or, you know, luring you with free food. And I remember I was so tired that day, but I was like, Hmm, I've never seen as many Latinos on campus, especially like in one place. Like I really intrigued on what this is. So they told me about it. They're like, Hey, you know, Um, we're here for all majors, but we're specifically for business students. Um, and they provided me like, so they had like workshops. So they did all different types of workshops. So like resume, they even did one on investing. Um, and they also, the biggest piece of that was providing a safe place on campus of, we call it the alfamilia, but of people you can depend on and go to. So of friends, but people who, you know, are applying for internships and going through interviews that you can go and ask like, What does this process look like? Could you help me apply? Could you, you know, connect me with a recruiter you met at this company? So that was huge for me. And I felt like, you know, I really wish I knew about this the first three years of school. Um, and if I did, I wouldn't have struggled with imposter syndrome as much as I did. I wouldn't have, you know, felt so lost and felt like, oh, my God, do I even belong here? 
as often as I did. So I set out a mission like, hey, I really want to give back and serve as many, you know, Latinx students, but also any first generation students, any underrepresented groups as they could. So I had the opportunity to serve as president and I focused on developing as many students as I could um, and getting our name out. So focusing on marketing, focusing on, you know, going on campus late hours, panning out flyers, all that great stuff. Um, so Alpha has just been completely life changing. Just having that network, having those people to rely on, just amazing. Yeah, and and congrats on like becoming president, and like and managing everything, you know that you know your classes, you know working, and then being president of an organization, that can be really tough because it's like, you know, your time management. But but yeah, like you said, you know, building and finding your network is is crucial to your success. And like you know, you wish you would have found that, you know, walking in there as a freshman. So like you knew how to become like you know you were you know in your position like in as the leader and the president of this organization it's like how can i make sure that i target you know a freshman walking into the campus and making sure that that they have the resources and the tools to be successful and not feel lost and not question themselves if they belong there because it's 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 really hard like showing up to your classes and then like all this independence that you get out of nowhere it's like ah like how do i even you know but tell us um I know that you, so you, you became president, like, was it your junior year or your senior year of college? So I joined like late junior year. Um, and then I became president senior year. Wow. That was such a quick, you were like, yeah, this is my program and I'm going to do, you know, whatever (laughs) it takes. And then after, you know, you became president, like, how did you, how did this network help you transition, um, when like to network because you know you graduated in the middle of the pandemic so tell us about that journey and how you went about it I know a lot of things changed can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that 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 you experienced yeah absolutely so um I graduated in May 2020 so like you said middle of the pandemic and I was president of Alpha ASU chapter um And I was also supposed to go work as a financial analyst for a major U.S. airline. And then the day after I graduated, I'm no longer president. I had my offer rescinded and I was like, what am I going to do? There's nowhere hiring. I'm freaking out. How do I pivot? So I went out and reached out through my network from being president, from, you know, connecting with many students and recruiters and people that I did at my time with Alpha and was able to find a job in accounting and corporate finance um still here in Arizona so I got really lucky um and I was able to still remain connected through Alpha and serve on our professional board so in Arizona it's called Alpha Phoenix and I specifically supported our student affairs committee and developed a mentorship program and also you know personally just developed a lot of students and get them internships, get them mentorship, get them interview prep. I do a lot of mock interviews. I actually just had two this morning. Um, So, you know, just getting our students as developed as they could when they don't have anyone else to go to. They don't have, you know, resources. They don't have a family member they can call and say, hey, you know, what do I do or how do I answer these questions? How should I answer? What are my weaknesses? You know, those questions and what internship should I be looking for? and, And you know, things like that, that you don't have as a first gen a lot of the time. Um, So I just got really lucky just accidentally stumbling upon Alpha. Um, And I still serve in Alpha Phoenix. I hope to give back to the Latinx 
first gen and underrepresented group community for the rest of my life because I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for them. Um, oh, and I should also mention just going through working in corporate finance, I was obviously heavily involved with Alpha and then internally at my company still focused on recruiting and, you know, pushing diversity initiatives through and realized, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion is such a passion of mine that I actually just recently pivoted to work at Nationwide Insurance, which was where my first internship was. Um, and I now support our diversity talent pipelines. Um, so building those diverse talent pipelines in and then focusing on, you know, promotion, retainment and development of those diverse talent pipelines. Nice. And and it's crazy to think that, you know, that these doors did open when, you know, you said you interned for them, you know, um, during your time in college. So do you have any tips for, for our listeners on how they should go about, you know, the research process of finding an internship and being, I guess, for you being open to, to try new things? Is there any tips or resources that you can share? Yeah, I mean, my biggest tip is the answer is always no, unless you ask. Um, so your biggest key in finding an internship will be making a personal connection. I know it's a little harder in a virtual world, but go out, if you are in college, go out and seek student organizations that partner with companies and go to their meetings with them and try to make a connection with a recruiter, connect with them on LinkedIn afterwards, um, ask them a personal question, make them remember you from a zoom call or an in-person meeting, um, and then carry that connection with you. So if you do see an internship or you do see, you know, an explore day or an externship opportunity come up, you can shoot them a note on LinkedIn or if you have their email and ask them like, hey, do you have anyone in the company I can connect with to learn more? And that is your doorway into getting an interview and letting them learn a little bit more about you instead of just seeing your resume as a piece of paper that they might just fall through or your resume might not even make it through, you know, their algorithm either. So that's my biggest piece of advice. Mm -hmm. So like you would say, like making sure that like that you will attend, like when the career, the career days or like when they have career fairs, making sure that you connect. But also I think an important thing that that is very critical that I heard is following up, following up with 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 whoever if it means, you know, if you get their email, like contacting them, so like thanking them for their time. But also like if you can add them on LinkedIn and so that when you update your information, it also like sends them a notification, being able to, you know, stay, stay connected. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an important thing that not a lot of people talk about, about following up because like people are like, they're not going to be like, are you interested in this? But when you're like genuinely like thanking them for the time and, and stuff like that, I feel that it's more, more natural. Exactly. I think the key is to just make yourself memorable. Okay. And so what does that look like for you? Did you, connect with them at a student organization? Did you ask them a really great question? Did you add value there? Um, do you post on LinkedIn a lot, something valuable for them? Or do you serve in a leadership role at your university? So for me, that meant serving as president of Alpha, but you know, could you get involved with you know, your Latinx coalition? Or if you have an Alpha student org, or you know, anything else that would help you stand out and say, and prove to companies like, yes, I am in college, so I don't have much experience, but I also exude leadership ability because I go above and beyond. And 
Also, serving in a leadership role will give you an opportunity to connect with recruiters directly because you can make those connections to your student orgs. Maybe they want to connect with you guys, do a workshop, create a meeting, things like that. Um, that just opens so many doors, right? You don't need a door to open for you. You're creating one yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 like you said, you know, your skills that you like, you know, you as a president and being able to organize and bring kids together and like even like you said marketing make sure that like everything is like on point those are all like transferable skills that are important when you lead to your to your other job so like i think many of us in culture are like oh we don't have enough experience but it's like how do we make sure that we tell the whole story and all the skills that we're learning even in our classes or at even at home you know just trying to manage, you know, like if you're, you have, if you have a job managing home, but also school, like how do I make sure that I, that I show and I reflect that these things that I'm going through are transferable and also transferable to the job and making sure, you know, that maybe I'm a team leader and I, and I'm a team leader and I demonstrate it because I did this for my school. So just making sure that, you know, you tell your full story, I think is, is really important. Do you, for you, like, were you able to ever, like, share, like, uh, how do you tend to, um, when it comes to, like, you know, landing a job or, like, landing an internship? Were you, like, how was your type of, are you more of, like, a storyteller? Do you like to share about more of your experiences during college? How do you tend to approach, you know, situations? Because I'll be honest, it's kind of intimidating, like, opening up to people and, like, what do you, like, what do I show? Like, what do I represent? Like, what do I want to share? What do I not not want to share? So do you have any, like, things on how to approach that? Even, like, even in interviews, any anything that you would want to share? Yeah, my biggest piece of advice I give to my mentees and students through Alpha that we developed um, is just show up authentically because um, for all the companies I've worked at, you know, even an internship, they let me do a couple of mock interviews. Um, But when I was interviewing students, I often, you know, they're looking for personality. They know you don't have a lot of experience. So they're looking, hey, are you going to be able to fit in here, you know, into our culture at the company? Um, So sometimes people are looking for someone more fun to work with. Sometimes people are looking for more people type A or maybe a mixture of both. So just show up authentically yourself. Don't lie. You know, (laughs) make sure you have your example questions ready. So um, I would Google before I have an interview, you know, sample questions for finance roles or sample questions for, you know, diversity, inclusion, things like that. And most of the time it's, you know, when have you failed and how did you react? Um, you know, what are your biggest strengths? And they ask that in a different way. It's not very straightforward, you know, um, case questions. So practice those difficult case questions that they'll ask you on the spot. And they're not asking for the right answer. They're asking to see how you think. Um, so just make sure you know that, hey, I'm going to show up authentically. And if they don't like my personality and the way I showed up, it's not a good fit for you. And it's not a good fit for them. And just move forward with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's so hard sometimes when you get rejected, especially mm-hmm. like you know, class of twenty twenty, like getting rejected after applying to so many jobs and not finding the right fit. It can it can have a toll like in you and saying like you know imposter syndrome and saying like, am I even good enough? Or like like was it even worth it? 
taking these these four years, five years, whatever it takes to get your degree, was it worth it for me? Because I can't even get a job that is like, you know, entry level. But I think we often forget that sometimes it's just not a good fit for you. You know, like sometimes we're just sometimes like, oh, we really want a job. Like I like I really want, you know, to just land somewhere. But if it's not a good fit, it's better just to keep looking. I know that it's hard, you know, saying it from a perspective. Yeah, so um, I know that, you know, all these skills, how have you also, I know that you have other other things that you're working on. How have those skills been able to help you develop and also start like your new business? Tell us all about that. Yeah, I would say being a first gen in general, you have to be quick on your feet into learning new things and you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, so <laughs> in terms of not only, you know, getting my offer rescinded and finding a job, you know, fairly quickly at the drop of a hat, and then also now recently transitioning to a completely different career field. Um, I started a side business that helps that focuses on helping entrepreneurs optimize their business needs. So mostly social media management, digital marketing, newsletter complaints, you know, lead management, automations, things like that, that um, entrepreneurs often don't like to do or don't have the time to do um, when they should be focusing on their business. So I also share, you know, business tips. I have newsletters and Instagram and I'll drop all of that. Um, below with you, Marisol. But yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Don't worry, yeah. guys. We got you. <laughs> we got you. Yeah. Um, so learning that was I, I wanted to figure out like, hey, what's a side hustle I can do to help pay off my loans? But how can I do it at home and how can I be really flexible with my time? Because time is money and time is power. Um, so I, you know, went down again the rabbit hole of going through YouTube, going through Google, going through my free resources that I can get. Um, and figured out like you can work from home, from your phone, anywhere. And really a lot of it is from your own content ideas and, you know, working and being a business partner to, you know, your clients. So that's where I decided to become, it's called a tech VA or virtual assistant. Um, so it's been growing a lot quicker than I thought. <laughs> so that's a good really, thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. It's a really good problem to have. Um, but you know, managing that and your regular nine to five is a little challenging. So I have a calendar that has like six different colors. So I have a color for each client, and then one for my day job, then one for alpha, and then you know, one for just my general personal items. So being you know very time focused and managing your time well is the key yeah being i guess being very intentional with your time and how do you you know separate things and 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 tell us like like i'm, I'm very interested i am a person that likes to that likes to time block you know my time and making sure that it's like okay i'm gonna dedicate myself you know for my podcast or i'm gonna dedicate myself for like the podcast marketing because that's a whole nother thing that you know mm -hmm. that you have to work on and as somebody that you know that does like content creation like the podcast is one thing but also there's like so much things that go behind it you know like how to do out of the automation how to make sure that like my the people that i'm gonna interview have all the things that are necessary so for you how did you manage that? Like, what, how did you like approach it? Like, do you dedicate like certain days for certain things or like you do like everything one day, but a little bit of time? Like what, what tends to work for you? Because you handle a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, there's a lot of synergies with my nine to five and 
um, being on the board of like Alpha and all the extracurriculars I do to help the Latinx and first gen community. Um, so I'm really fortunate in the sense that like if I go out on a meeting on a Saturday or evenings, like it coordinates with my regular nine to five job. So that's kind of all one and the same. Um, but for my side business, yeah, I dedicate, you know, time blocks kind of in the evenings and then the weekends. I'm really productive at nighttime. Um, so all of that is set aside and blocked off. But I also make sure, you know, I have the time to re-energize myself. So if I've worked a really long week, then I need to sleep in on until noon on a Saturday. That's just me for me. Um, and then just making sure I have the time to just do nothing or go shopping or, you know, go out to eat with a friend. Like just giving yourself back that time, because if you're not rewarding yourself, then you're not going to be energized enough to keep pushing as hard as you should or see the results that you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the recharging component is so is so important because it's like you have to know yourself so well to be able to say, you know what, like, no, it's time for me to to like sleep in. I've been going super hard this, you know, this past week. I need to take time to recharge, to do, to like take care of myself and making sure that, that my needs are met because we're not fully like ourselves or we are not fully like, you know, charge and stuff like all of our other work. It's going to show, it's going to reflect of like, you know, half ass, you can say like things mm -hmm. are just not going to be where you want it to be but yeah i really appreciate you know sharing that and saying i am also like a big time sleeper like i like to like hibernate and like if i can like on the weekends i i, I sleep in like i sleep in till like maybe 11 and but i'm like that's just the way i like to recharge it that just it makes me happy being able to have more than eight hours of, of of sleep is there anything else that you're like oh this is the way do you like to spend time outdoors or any other activities that you're like this is how i feel and recharge do you like connect with family or anything like that yeah i like to set up my family is 2500 miles away and especially since the pandemic happened um I don't have the time or, you know, way to see them, you know, just trying to keep them safe. So I like to schedule like family, you know, Zoom calls because not everyone has an iPhone to do FaceTime. Um, so, you know, just making time for my family. We do like meals. So today we're today is Mother's Day. So today we're going to go out and do a Zoom call and everyone's going to cook from home, but we're going to be able to connect. So I love that. I'm just really family oriented in that sense, but I'm also really independent where I want to be near my family all the time, but I also want to live here in Arizona because there's a lot more job opportunities. There's a lot more things to do. Um, and then I also just recently took up hiking, even though I've been in Arizona for five years, I probably should have did that earlier. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's really awesome. It's really, um, you know, just re-energizing. I'm probably going to stop for the summer because it gets up to 120 degrees here. Oh, But, wow. Yeah, it's really hot. Yeah. I think one of my goals is to visit the Grand Canyon. I've never visited, so I'm hoping to go soon. But maybe not like in the summer, maybe after the summer because I want to live. You know, 120 degrees is pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, it gets cooler in the Grand Canyon because it's up north than it does in Phoenix. Phoenix is just like dead hot. <laughs> But yeah, the Grand Canyon is gorgeous. Highly recommend. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my one of my goals. You know, with the pandemic and everything throwing throwing now, like just so many things. It's like so many plans, but you know, you had to transition, and it's like we have to be safe. But I think I, I want to touch on something that you said about you know spending family time, but also being independent. How do you for you like 
it's as a first gen, you know, like we come from families where we are always kind of doing a lot of things together, you know, and like, how do we make sure that we also are like not too involved with our families to be make sure that we're independent and that we're also growing and like even learning from our own mistakes for you. Did you ever find yourself like child, like challenged by that? Like, you know, by wanting to be with your family, but also like, you know, you pursuing your dreams and your goals and and being able to have new opportunities. Can you share a little bit about that? Because for me, that has always kind of been, been a challenge for me. Yes. I would say, you know, being independent, um, from being in a very close knit family is a really hard transition to make especially, you know, if you're debating moving out of state to go to college and trying to figure out like, okay, as a first gen, can I even make it in college? And then especially, can I make it far away from my family? The answer is yes. Um, Just making sure that you are connecting with them, trying your best to see them on the holidays was huge for me, but it is hard. I mean, um, I'm not going to lie. There were a lot of times I'd get homesick and I'd cry and I'd cry and I'd call my mom and I was just like, you know, I really just want to go home. I really just miss you, but I can't. I have work. I have finals. I have school. I can't just drop everything, you know, and, and go home to you. And then also when I graduated college, I couldn't see my family um, because of the pandemic. I wanted to make sure that they were all safe. So that was really tough on me. Um, so I would just say, you know, out of transparency, it it really is hard, but I think if you are keen on being successful and achieving your goals, and let's say, you know, you have to live in a certain area to be in a certain career field, or, you know, you really just want to find yourself and explore, um, then just stay strong and remember that your family still loves you. Your family is still a part of you. It's just from a different virtual experience, right? Like you still can stay connected with them, make the time to make sure you're staying in touch with them as often as you'd like. Um, And it's going to be hard. You're going to miss stuff from the family. Like I miss a lot of baseball games for my nephew, but I still FaceTime him. I still was able to tutor him when he went to school online. So making that time. And then another biggest piece I would say for first gens that a lot of us struggle with is we want to help our family all the time as much as we can, especially when we get our first job. A lot of people mm-hmm. want to send money or, you know, help in any way that they can, maybe pay for certain bills or things. Um, the biggest piece of advice I got when, you know, learning how to be independent and grow from your family is the oxygen mask effect. You truly can't help other people until you help yourself. So in the same sense, you know, you have to put your oxygen mask on first. You have to help yourself first. You have to help yourself get out of debt, invest um, towards retirement, invest in yourself. If you want to open a business, invest in your business. If you want to get your master's, invest in a master's program. Um, And so that doesn't mean to completely abandon your family, right? But that means you also have to set your boundaries and focus and be intentional on how am I going to be independent? How am I going to achieve my goals? Because that's your priority it's so hard like you're, you you want to help them because like they give you everything for you to get that opportunity and it's like but you're also trying to grow you're also trying to like make it you know like accomplish you know what they didn't have and make sure that that you make them proud but i think um like you said it's investing it's investing and making sure that like if it means investing in your retirement but also i think investing in yourself we sometimes often forget that investing in yourself can can be the biggest um, reward because you're you're able to help more people when when you take care of yourself and invest in yourself. 
but yeah, it's been such a great conversation. And I think I really appreciate, you know, all the work that, that, that you're doing and being able to empower other other students and, and other first gens to make sure that they have other resources that to make sure that you know that they do the, the mock interviews because that's crucial you don't know like when you're when you're doing getting your first job you don't, don't know like your first internship like you just don't know so thank you for 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 doing that and and where can we find you give us a little bit about your socials and we're also going to be able to put this um in the show notes yeah, absolutely. So I will say I'm obviously on the board of Alpha Phoenix. So if anyone wants to connect with me, if you're in Arizona or not, um, definitely feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or through an Instagram um, DM. I will always, you know, look over your resume, give you a mock interview, whatever that looks like, any way that I can help you. Um, definitely not a problem. Reach out to me. Um, well, how else can you guys reach me? I have a newsletter that provides you guys with business tips. So like legal advice, you know, how to trademark, we just did a newsletter on, um, you know, things like digital marketing tips, how to make a newsletter, things like that, that we share with you guys. So feel free to sign up for that. I'll share that with you as well, Marisol. Um, And then just the last piece of advice for all you listeners out there, if any of you guys are struggling with all the things um, that we've talked about, there is a network for you, no matter what group you're a part of, there are, you know, professional or student organizations that focus on helping and developing, you know, people like you. So I had to learn that the hard way. Alpha, for example, is a national organization. So they have um, student organizations, I think, at every major public university. Um, And then if you don't have one at your school, you can always start one. And then they have one also in every U.S city like major u.s city so i think we have over 64 professional chapters so if alpha is not it for you there's you know the first gen professional network which you had on your podcast right marisol mm-hmm. yeah and, yeah and there's so many resources so don't be afraid to reach out to that network don't be afraid because there's people willing to help you in any way that they can yeah absolutely find your people find your community because when you find your community you're able to to succeed and and make sure that you're not alone you're not alone whatever you know you're trying to to work on well thank you all right thank you so much marisol